Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. You guys still seem to be in a free fall. What do you want to see in the interim? We're not in a team? free fall. It's, you know, it's early part of the season, and um, we're losing a bunch of close games, and um, we, we can see it on tape every game. Okay, welcome into NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. Steve Kerr, he might not be bumping any Tom Petty yet, gentlemen, but there was some serious heartbreak coming from the Warriors locker room last night. Uh, Golden State, they collapsed. I don't think there's any nicer way to say it. They needed to win this game by 12 points, and they simply couldn't get it done. Let's roll the highlight, Director Kathy, please. The Warriors, they are... Steve Kerr doesn't think they're free-falling, but they are something. So it went from needing to win by 12 to just needing to win in general. They led by as many as 24 points in the first half here. Steph Curry, he was mic'd up for sound. This is how he was invigorating his team. In a game like this where the points matter, yeah. those the dumb turnovers I just threw that give them, especially this team, like even if we get a shot clock violation and we move it, that's how we're going to win this game by 20. Yeah. All right, so this next two minutes is huge. I got to start with that. Come on, come on. So this went from a 24-point game, 24 game to one that got close down the stretch. The Kings now within 10 legs. A foul called there, and then Draymond Green would get called for the technical foul. Yeah, didn't like it. Didn't like the technical. I mean, I know he's being demonstrative with that signal, but I don't think that deserved a technical foul right there. That's more of a reputation call, I think. But Moses Moody, he had the hot hand in the fourth quarter for the Golden State Warriors. That three was good. Another one? Yep, why not? But Steve Kerr, he said he was going to roll with the veterans down the stretch, so in comes Andrew Wiggins, in comes, comes Clay Thompson, out goes Moses Moody, Zach. And here yeah. come the Kings. Here come the Kings because they do not stop, and this guy just makes big shots. Shot after big shot after big shot. He wants the moment every time. Time and time again. All of a sudden, what did you hear Steph Curry say earlier? We can't afford those silly turnovers. <laughs> this is what the Warriors do, but in this case, it proved costly, Lex. Yeah, terrible decision by Steph. But Clay did not come to meet the basketball, and he ends up right here. An assassin, Malik Monk, feeling it. Goes to his step back, and here you go. One-point game. One-point game here. Draymond Green bringing it up. Maybe he was expecting a little backdoor from Clay there. Maybe for him to rotate. Turns the ball over again. So, Final seconds here. Malik Monk, what did you call him earlier? An assassin? Good defense from Andrew Wiggins. I still don't know how the ball went in. Better I, I offense. I don't understand that whatsoever. Better Crazy. offense from Malik Monk. If anyone can do it, it's Steph. Can't quite get this one to go. So not only do the Warriors not advance out of group play, but they lose this game to the Sacramento Kings. Here's Steph Curry after the game. Tough pill to swallow for sure. Frustrating. We all got to look ourselves in the mirror and figure out what we individually can do better. All the little things that we know what you know impacts winning, and that's the only way we're going to get out of this this little funk where you know you're playing hard and you have nothing to show for it. 
I don't think there's any mincing words here. It was a disaster for the Warriors down the stretch in Sacramento. That blown 24-point lead was tied for the second largest in any game where Steph, Clay, and Dre have all played, trailing only the 31-point debacle against the Clippers in 2019. Kendrick Perkins is with us as well. But, but Zach, if we're it's the holiday season, we're serving up pie. If you were slicing up slices of blame pie to give to someone within the Golden State Warriors, who deserves that big fat piece? I don't like blame pie. Blame pie's Apple mean. pie. Apple pie. Blame pie's pumpkin mean. pie. Pumpkin pie. A little whipped cream on it. It'll be <laughs> fine. It's all right. The I'll Warriors. Remember. The Warriors started off the season looking like the Warriors. Six yep. and two, rolling, throwing the ball, passing everywhere, screening, shooting, all that. I just think this story is just the same for them as it has been throughout the entire stretch where they've gone from six and two to eight and ten. Where they are. their their players, Steph has been great. Clay Wiggins, Wiggins finally yeah. starting to surge, but it's just been too uneven and too up and down. And then Chris Paul gets hurt last night. Gary Payton the second gets hurt last night. They Big just blows. need a little stability and consistently and it, consistency. And Draymond Green hasn't been in the lineup. Like those right. three guys, those three core guys, Clay Wiggins, Draymond, they need to be good at the same time, and we just have not seen that. It just feels like it was a microcosm, though. Yeah. Last night was a microcosm of all their issues, and I don't know why 8-10 and 10 for Golden State feels like 10-30 and 30 for any other team. That's what I'm trying to figure out, Legs. Help me. Well, you look, you want to give out the blame pot? The bottom line is this. There are just too many guys across the board playing below their career norm. Mm. I mean, that's what it comes down to. When you have this many guys that have struggled at the same time, or in Draymond's case, not even been available, this is what you end up with. If I had to point the direction in, in one guy's a direction more than any other, it would be Clay. For this reason, he is so far beneath what he can be at his best. And it's not that long ago, by the way, that, that this was Clay Thompson, because last year I know he didn't start great. He certainly didn't finish well in that Lakers series. But he had a really good stretch in the course of the regular season where he looked like Clay Thompson at his peak. So we're only talking about one year removed from that. But look at the numbers. I mean, 15 points a game, his shooting percentages, his efficiencies down. He's struggling to get space to get open. So I think Clay would be probably get more of it than anybody else. But you can point at Wiggins. You can point at Draymond. You can point at Chris Paul. You can point at the young guys not developing the way they wanted to. Bottom line is, we would have written this team off. If it wasn't for number 30. Uh, I, That's I, the bottom line. I, Steph Curry I, still gives us belief. And th this is the reason why they still believe. As long as they have a guy who's playing like a top five player, mm -hmm. they are not going to give up. They're not going to consider themselves out of the picture. They're not going to consider super drastic things. But look, I'd point the figure of Draymond simply because he hasn't been there. To the Clay point, there are only so many ways we can say Clay is not making enough shots. Clay's not making enough shots. That just is what it is. I do think, though, I understand the Warriors really want to get him going. Let's yep. get Clay going. Yeah. I didn't like the Moody decision last night. I mm -hmm. think it's time for smaller decisions like that for there to be a little more flexibility. Right, maybe play Moody in stretches, particularly he when he has a hot hand. He earned it. Last night, I, I know, Perk, you were getting off your, your social media posts about this game. What were you looking at? Well, I looked at everything. One, the Sacramento Kings are the most exciting team in the league, and De'Aaron Fox is my favorite player to watch. That's number one. Malik Monk could be a third option on any contender, in my opinion, especially the role he's playing coming in off the bench. Now, getting to the Golden State Warriors, okay? Nobody wants to ever point the finger at the sideline. And who's standing on the sideline? It's Steve Kerr. Last night, I witnessed Mike Brown Coach circles around Steve Kerr. Well, I'm talking about he was dizzy. It was so bad. When you look at Mike Brown adjustments, when you watch him trap Steph Curry, whether it was in the backcourt, whether it was in the, the frontcourt, whatever the case may be, he made the others 
tried to beat him. And then when I think about that timeout, he that challenge he called. It was a, it was the worst challenge that I've seen this season. For the simple fact, it was your last timeout. And then it mm. came down to a last possession where you where your team actually had an opportunity to win the game. Just think about the play you could have drawn up in the timeout. And let me not get started with Moses Moody. I've been preaching the four M's. More minutes for Moses Moody, right? When you think <laughs> about what he did last night in 13 minutes, right? He was four for four from the field, 100% from the three, and he provided a different type of youth and athleticism at that wing position, especially when you're going against the Sacramento Kings. And then I look at Draymond Green, and I'm not even talking about the technical foul. By the way, I agree with you, Legs. That was the one of the worst texts that we could have seen, but his reputation is why he got that tech. I'm looking at Draymond Green on the offensive end. Draymond Green right now is allergic to the basket. When he catches the ball, he, is, he have clear driving lanes. He has little opportunities for floaters in the paint. He's not even looking to shoot his three ball right now. And if teams are going to continue to put the attention on Klay Thompson and Steph Curry and Teams are going to continue to blitz Steph Curry, and Draymond Green is going to be the guy that is rolling to that nail spot. He has to be an offensive threat. And I'm not yeah. talking about spraying out to corners. I'm actually talking about getting points. Last season, in nine games, they were 6-3 and three when Draymond mm. scored over 15 points. Two of those games were in the playoffs when they was 2-0 and because he scored over 20. He got yeah. to be more effective offensively. It feels like there's more than one thing, right, that we can be looking at for Golden State here, absolutely. And it feels like last night was just the perfect concoction of all of those things coming together against a good Sacramento team that just allowed this this free fall, or that's not what we're calling it, I know Steve Kerr, to happen. But the fact of the matter is it feels like this season it really comes down to can Andrew Wiggins play the way that we've come expect to come to expect from him and can Klay Thompson continue to be the Klay Thompson that we all know and Klay he seems adamant right that the dubs they can turn things around here stick with it not get discouraged by a bad night tonight and realize we're going home with an opportunity to right the ship I still have wholehearted belief in this team that we can do some special things and I know we will do you still see that path for the Warriors to right the ship and accomplish some special things, as Clay says? Hell no. Hell no. It's, <laughs> it's too disjointed. It's too disjointed. It's, it's not there no more. The same energy is not there no more. Legs, you and I and Malika, and I believe it was Zach or, or Wendy, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's the body language for me. It's the pouting, especially when you think about Klay Thompson, right? And like I said, it's bigger than basketball when it comes to him. I think right now you could we could we could talk about you know the tension or if it if it if you want to call it tension between him and the front office for us getting his contract done. But when I look across the board, I just don't see that same swag. I don't even see it out of Steph Curry no more. You see it okay occasionally, but you don't see it consistently. And I see a Golden State Warriors that look depleted, that look like they're just tired, and look like it's ran its course. Look, this is the closest ever in the whole history of the last 10, 12 years where, the, where you could say, is it over? Yeah. Does it look like we're approaching the point that it's over? I will not bury these guys yeah. until it's over, over. But the three pillars of this team, the three statue guys, the three foundational Not guys, the four M's differently. Different M's that yeah. I'm not going to try to say <laughs> Moses Moody, like Perk said Moses Moody. 
are Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Yeah. They <laughs> built everything together. Steph, obviously, is the foundational guy. He's been great. Clay, we've talked about Clay. I think Perk is right. There is tension about the contract extension. I don't think that's a media thing that's been made up. I think that's a real thing. And Draymond just hasn't been there. He hasn't been there, and he's let his emotions get the best of him. One of the three is carrying the, his weight as usual. The other two have not been. To answer the question, right, you say, is the path still there? It's, it, I look at it like it's a path there. But, but it's like, like after a bad storm, right? right? There's a lot of debris on it, right? You've got to chop your way through. Yeah, but it's still there. Goal. And the reason it's still there is because we all have a respect factor for what they've accomplished Absolutely. and who their best player is, right? So, so I said to you earlier, we were talking about this team, and I said, they're always one four-game winning streak away from everybody being like, oh, they're back in the mix. And that's what the Warriors are going to have to come up with here pretty soon. Because right now, I think... We would all probably have closed the door, except for what they've accomplished together and the cachet they've built up as far as goodwill and us believing in them still because Steph Curry has not shown any serious decline. Yep. He's still the same guy. And as long as that's the case, you still feel like they got an opportunity. But it belies what we're really watching every night, right. which is not a championship caliber team. That's not what we're seeing. But we believe in Steph Curry so much that we think maybe they can remind us again. There's another point at which this season we buy in again. But Legs, but Legs, here's the only pushback I would give you on this. And when you think about this season, think about this season alone, right? I watched Draymond Green try to take Anthony Edwards out of his game, right, by talking smack. We saw what happened, and we saw the end result in that. Minnesota walked into Golden State and got two dubs, okay? And then you take it last night, right? Draymond Green, the emotional leader, right? De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, those guys, they embraced that, right? They're not running from the Golden State Warriors no more. And so when I talked about the young, bo the young boys and how they're playing right now, it's a different breed. And I understand, we yes, we're always going to respect what they did in the past, but when I'm looking at the now and we talk about that path, that path of getting through the Western Conference, that path of actually having to meet up with the Denver Nuggets or Los Angeles Lakers or Phoenix Suns or Oklahoma City or Minnesota in the postseason, that path is real rocky. Got a couple baths on that pathway. Might not right. want to go down that trail. <laughs> Oh, and in all of this discussion, right, let, let's not lose fact, lose sight of the, the fact that Sacramento played a huge role in this. Right. Their comeback played a huge role in this. My pick to win the entire in-season tournament played a role in this. Oh. They advanced to the knockout <laughs> stage. They're going to host the New Orleans Pelicans with a trip to Vegas on the line. And then on the other side of the bracket in the West, we have a single elimination game between LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant in Los Angeles. Ooh, count me in for that one. I'm loving this in-season tournament. All right, we're just getting started here on NBA Today. My friends, the Celtics, the Bucks, they punched their tickets to the knockout round of the in-season tournament. Are they the clear-cut favorites to hoist the NBA Cup in just over a week? And, I mean, you know what they say, everything is bigger in Texas. The Mavericks, they took down the Rockets with help from 68 combined points from Luka and Kyrie. Zach, are they the best duo in the league right now? Plus, we relive LeBron's coming out party against the Pistons in 2007 at the Eastern Conference Finals. Could we see a similar performance tonight in Motown? NBA Today will be back after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. 
shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic in tequila season. Hypnotic liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. And in part by Hulu Plus Live TV. Stream 90 plus live channels and so much more. Go to Hulu.com slash live. The Celtics in season tournament hopes they were on the ropes entering last night. They needed to win big. And by big, I mean they needed to win by at least 23 points. So Joe Mazzula is well aware of all the scenarios. Watch the time in the top left corner there. 9-17 Eastern. This is a 25-point game in the fourth quarter. Stars still out there knowing that they needed to win big in this sack. This is the in-season tournament. This is different. It's new. Embrace it. It's what it is. Well, the Celtics, they were embracing it, but they also actually needed a little bit of help from the Nets to make the knockout stage here. So, meanwhile, at the exact same time, this is what's happening between the Nets and the Toronto Raptors. It's a one-point game at this point. Not anymore. Brooklyn pushes it up by three at this point. This was a tight game that the Celtics had rooting interest in. Yeah, they were they were watching, watching the score, watching the result, everything. It all matters. So let's go back in to what was going down in Boston. Al Horford gets the three to go. Again, usually at this point, you're going to be seeing stars go out. And also, in this big of a, of a differential, you're not always going to see Hacka Drummond. And so Billy Donovan is asking Joe Mazzula, hey, what's going on? Are you really doing this? And, and Joe says, yeah, we are. We have to beat you and beat you handily. We are taking matters into our own hands here, having a little bit of a discussion back and forth as to their strategy here. Again, four minutes left to play in this huge game, and we are seeing Jason Tatum to Brown to Al Horford. Well, guess what? The Celtics, they get the win that they needed. Let's take a listen to Billy Donovan, who was asked about the hack of Drummond after the game. You know, if they're trying to get into, you know, Vegas, there's things that they got to do, you know, and for me, it was just the, the fouling. And, and, and Joe was great when I talked to him. He, I mean, he understood and, you know, he didn't want to, he wasn't trying to do anything. But I also understand the situation he's in in terms of he's, they're trying to get to Vegas. So, like, it's just a tough situation, right? It's tough because, uh, I mean, that's just not how the game is supposed to be played, you know. Um, one, you got to respect your opponents. And, and two, like, you know, it's just weird setup. You know, we understand the rules. But, like, if I was another team, I'd be upset. That cheering, by the way, in the background when Billy Donovan was talking, we have to presume that that's the Celtics finding out that yes, in fact, they have advanced past group play. <laughs> but it seems like right fans, they, they're they're pretty good with this point differential things. Players, they have a little bit more mixed feelings on point differential. It's nothing new. We've seen it in sports, right? We've seen it with FIBA using it in the World Cup since the 70s. But it is new in the NBA. How do you feel uh, about this, Legs? Um, first of all, 
love what they've done with the in-season tournament, and I was skeptical going in. I didn't know how much these guys were going to care about this. I really didn't. Was it going to really make a difference in their intensity level this early year? Was it going to accomplish what the league wanted, which was to create more interest, right, in the regular season? It's done all of that. So kudos to the league. They got it right. Kudos to the players for buying in. I do not like the point differential tiebreaker, and I don't know what the solution is. They're not paying me to come up with a solution. If they did, maybe I'd have some suggestions. But all I know is I don't like the point differential, but I understand you have 30 teams playing a four-game season. So you're going to have all kinds of ties. You shouldn't have guys, your starting lineup at the, at the end of a game, up 25 or four minutes to go. You are asking for something bad to happen to one of those players. If that's what you're going to encourage these teams to do, it's going to take one star player to go down on an attack at the rim, land funny, and miss a significant chunk of time. Mm. And everybody's going to realize what a bad idea this is to be worried about how much you're winning games by. It's not what pro athletes are used to thinking. It's win and lose only. You're not worried about how much you have to win by or how much can we lose by. Yeah. That's a foreign concept to professional athletes, and I don't like seeing starters on the floor still playing with that level of intensity up 25 late. First of all, let's take a moment to appreciate the Bulls in-season tournament performance. 0-4. Minus 12 <laughs> points per game and on a two-game two streak of complaining <laughs> about teams running up the score against them. Well done, Bulls. Thanks for participating. As for the point differential thing, look, I, I, the, the whole point of it is we've got to have a tiebreaker, and particularly a tiebreaker between two teams with the same record in different groups. And I know it, it sounds like we're talking about calculus now. And so if you don't, like point, if you don't like point differential, you've got to present me another alternative to divide, to, to, to tie, break a tie between two teams who are in different groups and thus have not played each other in the play-in tournament. There are ways to do it. Maybe you do separate head-to-head -head games between those teams. Someone pitched to me just today, an executive from a team, turn the whole thing into a single elimination tournament. Mm. And But I don't know how it, that, would that, go, that cascades yeah. the whole schedule. I don't know how you do that with an 82-game yeah. season. I just haven't heard a, a better alternative. I also felt like last night, we were talking about this, about the Warriors game. Did the Warriors play slightly differently, knowing they needed to win by 12? When they were up by five and some of the threes that they were taking, obviously it's Golden State and they're all always taking a high volume of threes but Perk did you think they were potentially playing maybe even a little bit differently because they needed to win by 12 not just win period and then they looked up and it was like oh snap too late yeah I mean look the NCAA tournament has been great the competition awesome. has been great but, but you know when it comes down to what happened with the Bulls and the Celtics it's all about Joe Missoula for me and at first, I was a, I've been a little sketchy about Joe Missoula, some of his decision-making, you know, and things to that nature in the past since he's taken over the head coaching role. But guess what? He don't give a damn. And it's been a pattern lately, right? We saw last night he's playing, the, you know, the, the, the point differential, and he's not afraid to bust the move. We talk about the starters being in at the end, in the fourth quarter. But think about what happened with the Dennis Schroeder incident, right? Him calling the challenge. You remember Dennis Schroeder was mad about that. Like, Joe, Joe Mazzulla is saying, I'm coming in here and it's all about my team. It's all about us. And whoever yeah. don't like it, you have to deal with it. I mean, and you got to respect it. Now, he is putting a lot of pressure on himself because when you have that type of uh, you know, attitude about yourself and you carry yourself like that, the expectations are a little bit greater. So I'm well, expecting so great things out of him. Yeah, the methodology, it may be a little bit, some people may question it, but at the end of the day, we, we call it the Elite Eight. We have the final eight teams. We'll work on it in the break. We're still going to talk more about the in-season tournament coming up here on <laughs> FBA Today. The Bucks they needed a fourth quarter 
rally to beat Miami. Tim Legler, he's going to show you why Giannis and Dame are the best clutch duo in the league right now. And LeBron James, he has had some huge moments in Detroit, but coming off the worst loss of his career, we'll tell you why he needs to make a statement against the league work worst Pistons tonight. Plus, eight teams remain. We're not calling it the Elite Eight, but only four get a ticket to Vegas. So who is heading to the desert next week for the in-season tournament? We have our expert picks coming up. NBA Today will be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by ESPN Bet. So it was an in-and-win scenario for Giannis and Dame against the shorthanded Heat last night. Let's see how this one went down. The Attentacupo brothers getting their handshake in pregame. Jimmy Butler not in this one. Tyler Hero also not playing in this one. We're going to pick this one up in the third quarter, Zach. A one-point game. I'm going to ignore the red court and focus on Giannis hitting a three. Yeah, not necessarily a shot I'm psyched about when it happens, but nice when it goes in and the red court is impossible to ignore. I'm, I can't unsee it. It is blaring like Bam Adebayo's dunk over Brooke Lopez there. This one went back and forth. Dame Lillard, this is why they got him, right? Bucks down one. Late game, pick and roll threes. This has been a situation we've seen the Milwaukee Bucks in time and time again this season. Kyle Lowry, big shot there for the Miami Heat. Again, Giannis? All right, this one didn't quite go, but the Bucks secure the rebound. Dame Lillard takes that big shot. This is why he is in Milwaukee. Brooke Lopez just trucking along, super productive. Chris Middleton, they've really been playing in targeted stretches here. Big bucket for him there for Milwaukee. And then once again, four-point game, final minute to play here. Ooh, soft. Nice little touch. Three-point game, single possession. Chris Middleton finds Brooke Lopez, puts an exclamation mark on the win for the Milwaukee Bucks. So after last night, the Bucks they have eight clutch wins this season. That's tied for the most by any team in the league. That's the good news, right? That's the glass half full, but the glass half empty view remains. Should they have played so many clutch games at this point in the year? So Tim Legler, show us how the Bucks have been able to have so many, uh, so much clutch success here on offense. Yeah, Malika, look, this is a work in progress because there's two stars sort of feeling each other out right now. But one thing is for sure, when you have these two guys involved in anything uh, with the two-man action, you've got a real problem defensively. And I'm going to show you some of the examples I'm talking about here early. And the very first thing I want you to look at is, as Giannis comes out to set this screen, look at the defender. 
defender's going to stay back, actually inside the three-point line. Well, the problem with that is that's the, the line you could maybe stay behind when this was Drew Holiday coming off. This isn't Drew Holiday anymore. This is Damian Lillard. So when this screen is set, Lillard could come in here to 30 feet. If you're not extended, it's going to be a shot. And you can see the defender sort of reacts late, gets up to contest. But here's the other thing it did. By that defender contesting the shot, you also now give Giannis a free run at the rim. Now, this ball goes in, but Giannis has easy pickings here at an offensive rebound because of where Lillard shot the ball from and where that big defender had to get to. So in this case, it goes in, big shot for Dame. Now, here's another example. And now you say, okay, the big's like, I can't stay back on these ball screens. So what happens? Giannis comes out. Now take a look. That big is all the way on the sideline. He is making sure Lillard is not coming off in this area for a shot. Here's a defender guarding Lillard. And now that's going to open up a lot of stuff to the weak side. As Dame turns a corner and gets into here, take a look at what happens on the weak side. You get all this gravitational pull. Two guys leaking toward the middle of the floor to protect against Damian Lillard. And now you're going to get a swing. And this is where other guys are going to benefit. Now, you're Chris Middleton. You can attack this closeout defender coming at you hard. Take it back to the middle, reverse direction. No way a guy can change direction and recover. And now you're going to put pressure back here. And then finally, watch Brooke Lopez here in the corner. When his man goes to help, watch Lopez lurk along the baseline. Get the easy pass back for the dunk. But all of this was created with the attention that Damian Lillard and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo are going to create anytime they're in a two-man game. And the scary part, Malika, it's just going to get better. They are just discovering how to play with each other. That's actually a scary thought for the rest of the league. I feel like scary hours is a cursed phrase that we can't <laughs> use. Thank you so much, though, Tim, for that breakdown, kind of explaining how the Bucks have managed to be so successful in these late-game situations. But at some point, Perk, it's what I was saying about, is it glass half full, glass half empty? Do you expect a team of this caliber to avoid these clutch situations, don't you? Well, well, let me say this. First of all, shout out to Tim because he's a magician when it comes Absolutely. down to that iPad and breaking down those plays. But here's the problem. I don't give a damn about the Bucks being clutch. This has nothing to do with legs. My guy legs. This has everything to do with the Bucks. And here's why, Malika. Who are the mm -hmm. Bucks measured against in the Eastern Conference? The Boston the Celtics. Celtics. The right. other powerhouse. And so when I look at the Bucks right now and I look at what they have done throughout this season. They only have three wins that are double-digit wins. The Boston Celtics have nine, which is 64%. Nine of their wins, the Boston Celtics are by double digits. So when I think about the Bucks and the schedule that they have played, we just watched a couple nights ago, they battled with the Portland Trailblazers. They battled with the Washington Wizards. At some time, this team got to get uh, they have they have too much star power not to be having signature like stamp wins where these guys are resting in the fourth quarter. And I understand, right? Legs is right. Dame and, and Giannis, they got to figure things out. They're just getting started. But we can say the same about Przingis and Drew Holiday. It's a mindset. And that mindset is they have to up their defensive intensity. Look, any win the Bucks get against Miami, if Jimmy Butler's even in the building, is a good win for the Milwaukee Bucks, given what Miami has done to them in the past. Fair enough. But I, Perk is right. These games are too close for comfort. To have to rally from 26 down against Portland at home is not a great sign. But I'll tell you what is a great sign from Legs' breakdown. 
Dame and Giannis in a pick and roll together with shooters around them. Give me more, more, more. I sound like a broken record on this. That's the point of the trade. That's what you brought him here to do. More of it, more of it, more of it. And the second good sign was a whole lot of Chris Middleton. Yes. Because this thing don't work against Boston, which mm-hmm. is the measuring stick. Right. Boston is the best team in the East right now. This thing don't work without Chris Middleton as a true third guy in a big three. We have not seen it down the stretch last night. We saw it. That's encouraging. Well, we're picking at a team that's 13-5, and five, but we're picking at them out of love, out of high expectations. Yeah. Because they need to be that yeah. good in order to beat Boston and in, 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 what it looks like in order to beat Philadelphia as well. But first, before we even get yeah. to the playoffs and all that, let's turn our attention to who the Bucks are going to be facing in the knockout round of the in-season tournament. Oh, yes, baby. It's the New York Knicks. They cruise to a 115-91 victory over the Charlotte Hornets thanks to a monster night from Julius Randle. He had 25-20-5. and five. The Knicks clinched the wild. Card thanks to their 42 point differential, the best of any team that failed to win their group in the East here. So, the knockout round it is set for the inaugural in season tournament. You can see it here. This is where the, the eastern half of the bracket lies. The Bucks they won their group, they're the top seed in the East. They faced the wild card, the Knicks, on Tuesday. And then the bottom half of the East, that's the Pacers hosting the Celtics on Monday in their clash here. So former Knicks GM, longtime front office executive Scott Perry is with us once again. Now, Scott, um, on yesterday's show, you said that they needed to stand on business. And we made you say stand on business just to make sure that we were all clear on the pronunciation of that. They did just what you told them to do. How is New York going to be able to advance to Las Vegas, Scott? They sure did. I'm so proud that they stood on business, Perk. Hey! (laughs) But what they have to do is what they have to do anytime they're going to win a basketball game. They've got to defend rebound and share the basketball. And they started doing that pretty well last night. They out-rebounded uh, the Hornets by 11. Uh, they, they shot 40% from three, and that's a result of sharing the basketball very effectively. And uh, so, so those are the kind of things that this team has to do night in, night out. It's about the collective with the Knicks. Obviously, the starting five has to play well. Julius had the monster game last night. But look, Emmanuel quickly has been great off the bench. He was, you know, second to, uh, in, in, in the voting the sixth man of the year last year. And then uh, Dante DiVincenzo has been strong this year off the bench. Josh Hart had a big night off the bench last night. Isaiah Hartenstein. Those guys are important. When you play the Knicks, the, you, you're going to face all ten, nine, ten guys in that rotation. That's where they they're, have their most success. And I think in order for them to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, they're going to really have – the starters not only have to play well, but that bench has to be very productive and outplay the bench of the Milwaukee Bucks by yeah. a wide margin. It is a tall, tall task, but the Knicks, they do play tough. The quarterfinals of the in-season tournament, they begin on Monday, and I can't wait. All right, that's the in-season tournament, but the reigning champs, the Nuggets, do they still have the claim to the best team in the West? Who are we putting ahead of Denver? Really? Anybody? Stick around. Find out. Welcome back to NBA Today, coming to you from the seaport, brought to you by Grey Goose. Let's check in on the Rockets, the Mavericks here in this one. The Mavericks were out of the in-season tournament, but that didn't mean Luka was still not sprinkling his magic on this game. Floater after floater after floater after floater. 
all day long. Well, and then with a side of Kyrie Irving, just his own magical performance as well, Tim Legler. Crazy finisher, and one of, the, one of the best finishing smaller guards this league has ever seen. Well, going ahead here to the fourth quarter, 4.30 to go, five-point game. Can't quite get that one to go. Dallas secures the rebound, kicks it back out to Kyrie Irving. You know that's good. Once again, Dallas, Luka Doncic going to work, this time over Jalen Green. Blocks, and then somehow Luka oh, goes to the, the Mike and what? sky what? hook. And then he was asked about it afterwards. He said, I'm two for two on him in my career. Why wouldn't I go to it again? Got the shrug. The Dallas Mavericks, they get the win. Luka has 41, 9, and 9. Jason Kidd wants some more positivity. What have you seen the difference in the dynamic, you know, specifically with uh, Luka and Kyrie? games um, I think maybe Tim maybe it's the things that you guys thought should have happened day one is that they should be successful right off the bat um, and it takes time as you just mentioned they're one of the best if not the best in clutch time but that was a big big thing you guys wanted to make a big deal about last year but you're not making a big deal about it this year because going good right so write some positive I just asked you a question. And I'm giving you an answer. <laughs> We're only into this year. We can't go back to last year, right? Like, that's the problem. Have a good night. I had a great night. Thank you so much, Jason Kidd. Uh, how about this for positivity? Look at where the Mavericks sit in the Western Conference. There are some things that could shake this up. Of course, the Denver Nuggets have Jamal Murray upgraded to questionable tonight against the Rockets. Anthony Edwards left last night's game with an injury, so potentially we could see all of this shift. But as I look at the way things stand in the Western Conference right now, Zach, who do you think is the best in the West? If I don't say the Mavericks, is Jason Kidd going to yell at me? He might. Hey. He might. Yeah. I don't want that. Denver, Zach, it, what are we doing? Why are we having this debate? Hey, Zach, Denver, Denver is not the best team in the West. All of a sudden, they won the championship last year. They have the best starting five in basketball. It's like the basketball gods created a starting five. Jamal Murray's been hurt, so they've slipped a little bit in the standings. Yeah, we got some questions about their bench and their young guys. And DeAndre Jordan somehow had 21 points the other night. No one knows how that happened. Denver. The answer is Denver. They are the clear favorite in the West. I will hear no other answers. I dispute anyone else. I will hear other answers. Legs, what you got? Well, let's be clear, okay? The way you interpret the question. Denver's the best team. Denver's going to be in the finals, barring some sort of injury. Okay. I'm trying to give love to the team that has played the best to this point, and that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I'm going to give them their love. Great. I'm going to give them their love right now. They're 13 and 4. They're the number one rated defensive team in the league. They're significantly better offensively this year with those three guys on the court together. That was a massive problem for them a year ago. But Towns Edwards and Gobert have been pretty good offensively this year. Um, they've gotten unexpected contributions from some other guys on this team. I think their depth is better than people thought. And they thought, look, last night was a big game, marquee game, top two teams in the West. And they played great last night, when, particularly when they had to. So I'm going to give Minnesota their love now because it might be the last time I even consider them in this category. They do play Denver tough. That's, that's what they're kind of built to, well, uh, you know, push Denver. I'll, I'll, I'll use the term push. Nudge. Denver. Nudge Denver. Well, well, Denver, Denver has Denver haven't hasn't been that good on the road this season. Okay, they're really great at home. So, you know, 
I want to respect the champions, and I and, all right. I want yeah. Well, everybody's good in crypto, especially when it's the Clippers. <laughs> but I want to respect. I want to give love to the Minnesota Timberwolves, but the Phoenix Suns for me. It's the mm. Phoenix Suns. They sitting right there at that fourth spot, two games out of the first first place spot in the Western Conference, and we have yet to even see the big three. Devin Booker and KD right. play seven games together, and this team is right in the thick of things. One could argue that KD should be in the MVP conversation on what he's been doing. No problem. KD goes out. We saw what Devin Booker is doing. We have been raving and praising about his leadership and his growth as a facilitator and how he's been, you know, taking his team on his shoulders. And I think about the others. Eric Gordon has been balling. Nurkic is finally find, finding his way. And the underrated part in this is Frank Vogel. Once you buy into Frank Vogel's system, his teams always be the ones in the thick of things. And I love where the Phoenix Suns are. And when they get healthy, they're going to be a bigger problem. So I'm showing all the love to the Phoenix Suns. Well, Suns, Nuggets, ask and you shall receive. We're going to see two of the West Bests on our Friday NBA doubleheader. Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets face off against Kevin Durant and the Suns. First, we have Joel Embiid and the 76ers in Boston to take on the Celtics. Coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 7 Eastern on ESPN and the app. To a developing story out of California, in the past hour, police in Newport Beach announced they're conducting an active investigation into an alleged relationship between Thunder Guard Josh Giddy and a female minor. Newport police are seeking additional information related to allegations that surfaced last week on social media. In a since-deleted post, an anonymous social media user said a girl who was seen with Giddy in videos and photographs was a high school junior at the time. The social media account has since been deactivated, and Sergeant Steve O. Braun said on Tuesday that, quote, we have information and we're looking into it. We're investigating whether or not a crime occurred here. An NBA spokesperson told me on Monday that the league continues to gather information as well. Thunder coach Mark Dagonalt said Giddy is going to continue to be in the lineup as the investigation continues. There's going to be a whole lot going down in the in-season tournament. Definitely, I'm going to be tuning in to watch how this plays out tonight. I don't know the last time where a night brought this much excitement to the NBA. You feel like you're playing significant games whenever there's an in-season tournament game. In and out. Robinson on the follow! The Knicks will get in. Bucks have clinched. It's exciting times for us to go to Vegas. The Indiana Pacers, they have already clinched Group A out east. The Lakers, they are at the top seed. The Celtics. Something about that in-season tournament. Zach said I can't call it the Elite Eight, the Engaging Eight, the Entertaining Eight, the Epic Eight. Whatever the eight are, the in-season tournament quarterfinals are set. As you can see here, the Bucks they're going to host the Knicks. The Kings host the Pelicans Monday night. And then on Tuesday, the Lakers host the Suns. The Pacers host the Celtics. And the winners of each of these matchups, they're going to advance to the semifinals in Vegas on Thursday of next week. So, Kendrick Perkins, it is that time. Who do you have advancing to Las Vegas, my friend? Oh, I have the Kings for sure. I'm riding. You have the Kings. I'm riding with... 
Yeah, I have the Kings. I'm riding with Malik Monk, and I also ride with De'Aaron Fox. I have I have the Celtics going, and I also have the Bucks going. Okay, and you got one more. You got the Kings, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Suns, obviously because you were high on them. All right, who you yeah, got? Yeah, I, I got the Suns beating. The, I got the Suns beating the Lakers. I got the okay. Suns beating the Lakers. I don't yeah. ride with anyone. I just make picks. I'm not riding with anybody. <laughs> I'm going with all the same as Perk, except I'm smelling, still smelling something. I'm sensing something happening in New Orleans. I'm going to pick the Pelicans over the Kings, especially with CJ no. McCollum. And okay. maybe, maybe we'll get lucky and trade back the third. Knows. We'll come back. All right, Legs, he's smelling something. Perk and I have seen it the same way. Okay. Suns, Kings, Bucks, Celtics. And I think you might. this might be three of these four teams in the conference finals Ooh. as well. One of those Western Conference teams mm-hmm. will be replaced by the Nuggets. But I think it's going to be Bucks, celtics and I think either the Suns or the Kings. Not going to shock me, one of those two teams. None of y'all picked the Lakers advancing, but don't worry. They have a – I'm going to call it a I big one about tonight. To <laughs> about to pick the Pistons. We're going to discuss the Lakers in 60 seconds. I got the king. Come on now. That's right. NBA Today is presented by ESPN Bet, the official sports book of ESPN. It is game five of the Eastern Conference Final. There's no reason for us to be here if we weren't confident. LeBron with the oh. back, stops. You kind of never know when it's going to happen, but when it happens, it's, it's quick. James has to fire and oh. scores! Oh, my! And I've always told him if they can get me uh, even close to trying to win the game, I'm going to try to do my best to do that and uh, get confident tonight. One of the great performances of all time. 48 points. The last 25 for the Cavaliers. 29 of the last 30. LeBron made one of his prominent postseason statements in that game five against the Pistons. At the ripe age of 22, he scored the final 25 points for the Cavs in that game, 29 of their final 30. Those 25 straight are the most consecutive points for a team by any player since 1999. So, Scott Perry, I hate to do this to you. I really do. But you were on the other side of this. You were on the other side of this matchup as a member of the Pistons front office. So let's go back. What do you remember most about that iconic performance from LeBron? Well, this is, we were in our run of five straight Eastern Conference Finals. We went the year after as well. And uh, we were favorites. We were the top defensive team in the league and uh, perennial favorites to win this thing. And to watch him do this, all we could sit back there and just say, wow, LeBron just showed us he is poised to become the face of the league. And uh, we knew we were in trouble because the series was tied to 2-2. Well, LeBron has become the face of the league, certainly, but he's also coming off his worst career loss, a 44-point loss on Monday. And now he is back in Detroit, who have lost 14 straight. Zach, what do the Lakers need to do? What statement do they need to make? I can't believe I'm saying statement against the Pistons. (laughs) I mean, the Wizards just beat the Pistons. With all due respect. So, so... The Lakers should just beat the Pistons. <laughs> That's what they should do. You and you believe that they're going to do that tonight, Tim? Oh yeah, yeah. They, well, they better. They better because I know one thing. I like talking about the Lakers when they're good. I get tired of talking about it when they're bad, and, and so I don't want to have this to be the headline again about the Lakers losing another game. So yeah, I think they will end that this losing streak. Park. The, the Lakers going to win, but damn, Monty Williams, $72 million this offseason. Can you get your young <laughs> boys to win the game? You got enough talent. How about that? The magic winning game. Pistons, Lakers tonight. We will see you tomorrow.